thank you for everybody that joining us right now to the Chicana Experience. I am I'm DX. I'm your host. I'm here with the man of the hour. If you don't know who he is, then you've probably been sleeping under a rock for two years, past two years, three years, five years. You've been doing it longer than that, bro. So, I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how much I'm honored to just have you here with me. We're here at Mission Tobacco Lounge. They're just doing a DJ set, right? Yes, sir. And, uh, and yeah, man, I'll let, uh, uh, well, just Joey, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah appreciate yeah. you, man. Appreciate and so, you. man, you guys are, you know, you being a front man with the Sinceres and even in your solo acts and everything, um, you know, you're, you're killing it right now. Does it feel like you guys are on the verge of, of something even bigger than what you're doing right now, like taking the, like your, the whole genre, the whole movement to like new heights? I definitely think, you know, the scene as a whole is kind of making steps to kind of getting to like more, a little, I wouldn't say the mainstream, but a little more accessible to the, you know, I guess you could say the mainstream audience, people, radio and television and stuff like that. So I think a lot more people are adapting to it now. And I think it's cool that, you know, a lot of the local bands that have kind of been, I think it's, it's within on my area at least, you know, I've been kind of putting that down, laying down the groundwork to have live performance and live concerts, you know, be a big part of it. So yeah. we're kind of just part of that, you know, we've been playing clubs for years and venues and, you know, it's just cool to see that the, the crowds, you know, the change throughout the years and see the, the, the scene build as a whole. Yeah, that's awesome, man, because the way I see it is like, you know, even though the scene isn't really, isn't new, really, I mean, you guys have been doing it for so long, the market is new, the market is growing, uh, sorry, I'm over here forgetting my mic, the market is growing and everything, and so, you know, um, and I feel like it's yet to adapt to it fully, because you've done, you're doing songs now with pop artists, you're doing songs now with rap artists, and so it's gonna have that time where it has that blend with other musics, right, and so, yeah, man, it's just, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it, like, you know, like, until that moment happens, you know. Big payoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think, and I think it's kind of had a little taste of it within, like, you know, the festival that you know that uh, the Let's Groove Fest that came out that we did, which was the first concert that we all did. Then the year after COVID started, and uh, I believe Bobby D put that together. It was at the Corona, the Fairgrounds, and you know that was just a big eye opener to see how much you know throughout just waiting on it and hearing people hear, watching people hear about it and see about it on, on the internet and through social media. You know, and then like wait for people to come out and do the show. When it's time for the show to happen, everybody came out and everybody came out dressed in their cars, and it was just a really cool experience to see people were waiting for it and they, they were hungry for it, and they came out and they represented. It for sure. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. So, um, as far as your production, I've heard that you do um, you record in analog and everything like that. Is that something that you learned from Bosco, man, or is that something that you've been doing? for a long time now I think well I wouldn't say longer I mean he's been definitely doing it a long long time um, our paths didn't cross until recently maybe about a year ago a year and a half ago maybe and um, you know it was kind of something I'd always been interested in because I've always been into old classic rock setting reggae music from the 60s and 70s so you know for me it was kind of just trying to nail that sound and try to really perfect that you know that technique which you know which when you look back at it they were just trying to copy Motown and Stacks and trying to get you know their tricks so you know, when I moved to Riverside and opened up my studio, Secondhand Sounds here, the only guy who anything who knew anything about you know vintage equipment was the man himself, Mr. Gabe Roth. And, you know, you, you hear his resume of the records he's done, and you know, just all the stuff from Sharon Jones and, and you know Dap Kings and everything like that. You know, it was a good thing to see what what the, it was a good learning process. And it was good to see it firsthand from him, and he was such a great guy to kind of teach teach me you know, little tricks and little techniques here and there. And anytime I need to borrow a mic, he's always going to willing and able to do it you know, whether he's not there he'll be in cross country in new york and 
he'll have somebody open up the door for me to get a, lock, a mic, you know, so That's hard. I appreciate that, that he extends that hand to the scene, to the younger generation, and, you know, he's a big, big uh, influence on us on production and songwriting. Yeah, 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 definitely, man. Um, and, you know, you were speaking of the other genres that you've, you know, done, and, and everybody knows that you're a very musical guy, you know different instruments, you're a singer as well, you know what I mean, and you've done all types of different genres. You know, given that you're kind of um, reaching a lot of attention because of like soul D's and modern soul, um, do you sometimes feel confined to that genre in terms of your expression or or because it's a lot about romance, but ska can be about different things and, and, and all the other musics you do can be about different things. Do you ever feel confined at all? I mean, not really, you know, because I always, I always catch myself, every time I sit down and write a song, it starts off as like a reggae ska song, you know? And then it's like, oh man, I should probably turn this into, you know, because the lyric content or whatever, whatever the situation may be. I always try to flip it and find different ways to see what would work best, but I don't really have a, I don't really feel a constriction because, you know, for one, the, the label that I'm part of, uh, Coal Mine Records gives me 100% freedom to do, you know, what I feel is like, you know, what, what I want to represent. And they know that, you know, all the stuff that I've been doing in the past with previous bands is, it, you know, it speaks for itself. So I'm, I'm glad to have the support that they give me because, and they're all the way in Ohio and they, they're putting their trust, they're putting a trust in some Chicano kid from LA, you know, right, right. to make like some records, some dope records, you know. And so <laughs> the last release was a, was a kind of a test to see if the audience would kind of take to it or, you know, kind of pigeonholing it. It was a good breath, breath of fresh air because people really took to it and, you know, they, they, they were welcoming to the new genre, which really was my genre that I had started off with. So, right, right. so it was kind of a cool little transition and it wasn't too much of a shock to people. And, you know, they, they know that I could always, that I'll always be going back to singing, you know, what's his name and stuff like that at the end of the show. So, right. they come for the songs they want to hear, but they always leave with the records that they want to, you know, listen to, which are the new records. So that's cool. Word, word, man. And so, you know, with your, um, you know, you brought up, uh, you know, what you've been working on lately a little bit. Um, but it's been a, it's been a kind of a little while since we've heard from the Sinceres, and um, I believe we got a single from you though, right? Yes, uh, yes. Um, are you guys working on anything new with the Sinceres? Is it always going to be uh, 45s, or is it all, you know like uh, singles, or is it going to be a full length album you guys are working on? Well, we do have a full length album that we've kind of been sitting on. Um, wow. You know, we wow. had a release date for like March, I think it was like March 25th or something, 2000, 2019. You know, so okay, we're so that really kind of shut everything down because we had a big plan to go on the tour and you know market the record and really promote it and you know to do the best that we could with it but it just didn't make sense to release a whole package and go out on the road because you couldn't you know, yeah it's locked down you know yeah so that kind of held us back a little bit as far as putting out that lp but right you know, we're just kind of waiting for the, the the time to be right to get back into playing some more shows get people comfortable coming out again yeah because one thing we don't want to do is force people to buy a record that you know we want to make sure that they 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 they're anticipating it properly and you know they, they want to be a part of it because we don't want to just put out music we want it to be kind of like you know like an old event where so-and-so's put on a record and you see the commercials and you buy the promo and you know you, yeah. just, you see the posters around so That's we're right. looking forward to You're, all that. your homies are listening to yeah, it yeah you know so we're, yeah. we're looking forward to being doing it proper and doing it right yeah, that's, that's cool, man. And so, you know, you're talking about, you know, how making sure everybody's comfortable and stuff like that. But you and I were just talking about, you know, your own comfort level and stuff like that. You know, how do you feel, you know, yourself um, putting yourself out there, um, going on the road, being in front of, you know, crowds like this or whatever? How do you feel personally? It's, it's a little tough, man. It's scary because, you know, we've always been, you know, since here, the Altons and I, you know, we've always kind of been 
we've always kind of been welcoming to be the, you know, we were always the guys that you see at the end of the show in the parking lot, so three in the morning, you know, right, right, you know, hanging out with people at the shows and stuff like that. And it's hard not to do Abiding that anymore. the law. Yeah, you know, <laughs> loitering around. And it's 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 kind of hard not to do that now because we have to remain, you know, separated to an extent and be safe and you know follow the guidelines of these clubs and you know protect everybody first and foremost. So it's tough that we don't we're not being able to be as connected to the audience, you know, physically and, you know, in, in real time, you know, in front of them, but, you know, we do appreciate everybody coming out and, and it's, it's the, the audience that, the, the fans and the audience that have been coming to the shows have just been so amazing and so understanding and so freaking awesome that, like, yeah. it's the only reason why, you know, we, you know, because there's a lot of really bad promoters and concert venues, but, you know, the fans that come out to the shows making so much worth dealing with all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, man. That's cool. That's cool. You got to have a, a certain love for it, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, one thing that kind of strikes me about this modern soul movement and everything like that is is that, um, you know, there's a, there's a kind of a, a new approach to it and everything. But I still feel in terms of like lyrics, when I hear songs like Seems Like or when I hear songs like What's His Name and stuff like that, I feel like the content is very much still the same, keeps that energy and stuff like that. Um, do you feel like there's a... Uh, is there a need in your mind kind of to to kind of adapt it to these times do you try to do that when you're writing do you try to think about what are modern love situations when you're writing about that I mean for the concept particularly with love I don't think you could ever really say anything new you know what I mean so it's, it's more about just saying what connects what you feel because you know the, the difference between a good love song and a bad love song is people really believe whether you felt that love or lost that love um, you know if you're yeah. able to put yourself into that and, and and connect to that for somebody else to connect to it then you know you've, you've succeeded and I think it's that's the key it's not really finding a new way to do it but maybe just finding your own way to do it you know? right right and that's what's, I mean that's what's worked for the Sincere's and it's, it's you know it's, it's, uh, it's always been a good topic to kind of write to back not to fall back in a lazy sense but like just like it's always a good start because it's, it's a concept that everybody can relate to and understand yeah yeah man thank you thank you yeah, yeah um and how, how do you feel um fatherhood and being you know in a in a dedicated relationship has changed um your look on it from you know the times that you were writing it probably when you were single and mm-hmm. you didn't have kids till now i mean i think a lot of people respect the fact that you know you know i'm trying my best at least you know to be a good dad and be as present as possible and you know if, you know like anybody who had a past and you know, and we hope for a good future. So, you know, I think the, the best thing for me is being able to have people to, to you know, to work for, you know, work towards. And, you know, the, the studio that I'm building and the production company that I'm label that I'm working for, it's, it's, it's important to me to make it as big as possible and make it as successful as possible, not only for me, but for my kids, because that's that's the, the biggest thing in my life right now. And that's the reason why, you know, I get up and I pick up a guitar every day to see what comes out or, you know, and sometimes it doesn't come out, you know, and that's, and that's okay because I know that I could, you know, I'm, it's always going to be there because I'm always inspired by fans and by my family and by my friends and my peers and the bands around me. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, just being a father myself, like, I, I understand. Um, and so, you know, you, you've had a, in my research and, and everything, uh, you know, we talked about it too, is that, you know, you live kind of halfway between, for, for a while in your life, halfway between LA and halfway between San Bernardino, right? And, um, you know, I mean, just because, uh, just because uh, I know a lot of LA cats, a lot of OC cats look down on the IE, but you're kind of, you're from it. 
And so what, what is, you know, this time, I feel like there's a lot of folks that are actually making moves out here. Um, you know, can you speak to that influence? Can you speak to that, that um, presence that the Inland Empire has within these movements, even when folks might not notice it? Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I mean, going back to, like, the scene that I was part of previously, and you know, still am, you know, like, old Rocksteady's crossing, like, a lot of my favorite bands from them, you know, came out from the Inland Empire, like the Debonairs from Riverside, you know, Mono, the guy who, who, right. who invited me out tonight to spin, you know, he's he's a guitar player, original guitar player for the Debonairs, which was one of my favorite bands growing up. And, you know, you have Jesse Wagner from the Agri-Lights, you know, who's done stuff with a lot of great acts, and Tim Armstrong and Ransom and stuff. Um, Jesse Wagner is from Rialto, so it's like, to me, it's like, there's not, maybe there might not be as loud of a movement, but the movement that has started here, whether it be like late 80s, early 90s, continue on to now, has always been some of the musicians that I personally have always looked up to because they've always been such a welcoming, you know, welcoming artists. They've always been so helpful and just, you know, just great, you know, just great people. Yeah, uh, shout out Mono, shout out uh, Ryan, shout out, my, shout out my family, Javi, too. Uh, yeah, man, good people, good people. You know what I found funny about your background is uh, is you lived in L.A., so you were living in East L.A., right? Yes, sir. Uh, but, you know, your pops out here in San Bernardino, he was doing the car club stuff. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what, was, what was that like? Because you're going from one authentic place of experience to you're going to San Bernardino, and it may not be the, the mecca, but you're over there. Your pops is, is the one doing the lowriders and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, my dad moved to San Bernardino to get out of East L.A., you know, right for on. all of us to get out of there. Right on. And when my parents split, you know, my mom stood back and, you know, we ended up staying in the house that, you know, my dad's car club used to loiter around and get their car clubs because the guy who owned the house before was a mechanic, you know, neighborhood mechanic. And he would be the guy fixing up all the guys' cars, you know, before the shows. So it became like a, a meetup spot, you know. So it's always been exposed. And, you know, when I would visit my dad, he'd be, you know, we would have, he'd have us for the weekends. And, you know, he worked all week. So what he wanted to do in the weekends, he'd go to car shows, you know. So he'd bring us along and we'd be bored and bored and bored. But, you know, it's like... Where are we all going back to LA for the Yeah, so, so no, the, car, the car shows were in, in San Marino, Okay. Not too long of a drive. Not too long of a drive, yeah. So so we'd be, we'd be out here in San Marino doing the car shows. And then go out of East LA and then see like you know the culture is you know full on and you know just knowing a little bit about it but not really being fully a part of it because you know when you're that age you're, you're growing up you're, you're into stuff your parents aren't into. I was in punk. Right, right, right. You know, so punk rock is a big thing for me. So it was my way to rebel on that. But as time went on, you know, more and more people that come to my shows know my dad and they know my dad's car club. And, you know, my dad travels a lot. He still works for a lot of the clubs. And he'll meet people that tell him, like, hey, have you heard of this kid? He has the same last name as yours. And he's like, yeah, I've heard of him for the last 30 years, you know? So, wiped his ass. Yeah, you know, he's like watching like cry on the floor. You know? But it's, it's cool. It's, it's cool, a little full circle thing that I'm able to pay homage to my dad and, you know, what he, he liked and what he represented. And just lastly, man, I mean, I know you were, you've been talking about, you know, your your, produ- your production studio, your recording studio and everything. Just anything else you want to plug and just make sure people look out for you. Yeah, just check out Secondhand Sound, Dalton's, Sears, Tristolito, um, you know, all the homies, check us out, Ben Rose Records, Coalmine Records. People look out for the full-length album we'll be playing out soon. And uh, thanks for coming out to the shows. Thank you for all the support. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you, bro. Yeah.